if you've been living under a rock, hibernating, or living on Mars and don't know what's happened over the last handful of months for the Arizona Cardinals, you're in luck because that's what this podcast is about. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So throughout the offseason, it's, you know, it's not this season yet. We're not at the June 1st cutoff date where a lot of things are going to happen. We're in that weird purgatory of like December 26th to December 30th, when nobody knows what the hell day it is. Nobody knows if they should be working. Nobody knows what their child's names are. That's kind of where we are now. And I talked a lot about Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins yesterday and, you know, a perfect review of the Arizona Cardinals and Sports Illustrated, giving them a C. I explained why. And now I just kind of want to give a, a synopsis of what's happened and discuss it with somebody who's been on the front lines, as it were. Um, a dude I respect very much in this space. And, um, you know, he goes to practice, so I don't have to. I'm going to bring in Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports, one of the best in the Valley. I joke. Dude, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad to, glad to be on. Glad to finally get to meet you, man. It's good to yeah. see you virtually, at least. So uh, one of these days we'll have to get together. But, yeah, definitely glad to be on for sure. At T Drake for sports on Twitter, um, all over Arizona sports, every practice, every game, every training camp. Um, I mean, I think he has two cars at this point for the amount that he has to drive. So, <laughs> you know, for those that don't know about Maricopa County, it's not compact. No. Okay. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So, you know, I kind of want to just go through this and we'll talk about this existentially. Like you, what you've thought throughout this process will go through the firing of Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and the transition into the casting the wide net into where we are now. Talk about the offseason and the dormancy of it and then go into the draft, which seemed to be a spectacle, a festival of lights, Christmas in April for the Arizona Cardinals. And I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker. And if you agree with me or disagree with me as it pertains to what their future should be with this organization. So I've promised everybody that every dayers who listen to this podcast every day that I'm not going to talk a lot about Cliff or Steve Kime anymore because it's unnecessary. Yeah. But what I mentioned this as is Steve Kime was the friend you had growing up who would come over, play with your toys and leave without helping clean up. And that's kind of <laughs> what he did with his organization. He was removed from the house without being able to clean up. But that's kind of where the Cardinals were firing Cliff Kingsbury. And then Michael Bidwell doing everything he said he was going to do in the process of hiring a head coach and general manager. So let's start there. You were in the front row. You're a front row seater. I know you are. Yeah. And press oh, conferences. Yeah. Right, on the edge. right on the edge. Yep. <laughs> With the hiring of Monty Austin for and the hiring of Jonathan Gannon. While all blong and kind of rudimentary as it pertaining to what we've experienced in the Valley so far, what were your thoughts initially and have they come to fruition a couple months later? Well, you know, for me, I really thought the plan was stay defensive minded, but get a guy for head coaching wise, but get a guy that's got experience. I think we saw with the clip experiment, 
you had the ups, but there was a lot more downs in my opinion. So, you know, I figured, yeah, they're going to try to flip the script completely, get a guy that's been there, established, a defensive-minded guy, get that degree of separation from Kyler because I do think that's going to be important moving forward. But instead, they go with the young guy. And, and, you know, he's got a lot of energy. The dude is a complete 180 from Cliff. He actually talks to the media. He likes to, you know, give his take on guys. He likes to interrupt his coordinators and jump in on an answer. Like, that's something we would never would have saw the Cliff. I mean, Gannon walks in and is like, hey, how we doing? How we doing? It's great Tuesday. Let's get going. And, I mean, Cliff really came down to being a robot at some point. Like, it was just we knew what to expect with Gannon. You really don't know. And. Obviously, you know, it's the NFL. You've got to have that gamesmanship. He gets he gets around questions differently than Cliff, but there's mm-hmm. still the, the get around. But, I, you know, for what I think they're trying to build, it is a definite, complete opposite, complete 180 from Cliff. And he really does bring a sense of, hey, this is something different here. This isn't a, oh, we got the next placeholder who's going to be gone in two years. I think this guy, if he can really show some improvement year one, he can stick around. It's just what can you – put on the field because off the field he is answering a lot of the questions that I had and I think a lot of questions that a lot of people had of just how how is this guy going to come into this you know really really rough situation and turn it into something that we really haven't seen yet and I think he's it's going to take years it's going to take a couple seasons but at least he's he looks capable I think he's he definitely needs he's going to learn in this role he's going to have his you know growing pains like every new coach has but I think he's capable of taking that next step. It's just what can that on-field production do and how long of a leash does he have until it's let's see what the next guy can do. Yeah, it's For interesting. Monty, you know, I thought – I, you know, I really did like that hire just because of the uh, his background of the Titans, you know, the personnel side of things. Like be a nerd of the, foot, of the game of football. And I think that was kind of lacking the last couple of years. I thought there was more of I'm just going to go try to get the guy that has the flashiest name or the – or the, you know, discount that might pay off later. I think he's really searching for not only guys that love the game, but are guys that are going to stick around and really help build that culture. Because with the draft picks, and we'll get into it later, every single one of these guys seems in lockstep with the type of culture that they want to bring. So for Monty, I think it's really the hurdles now is what do you do with those guys? Like you mentioned earlier, Buda Baker, what do you do with DeAndre Hopkins? Like, these next steps that he's making are going to really define his first year even more so than the draft already has. So I think there's definitely things we still need to see, obviously on the field production. We need to see how Monty can get, you know, right around training camp with getting those guys that are getting cut from other teams. Who can you bring in at the last second? But for right now, for the off season so far, for how wild it was with this Cardinals team, there is a clear direction in my eyes, just moving forward with these two guys at the helm. Yeah. And I think that's well put. You know, I, I, I there's a couple of things that I've said, and I want your thoughts on this before we transition into the uh, free agency and the draft is, number one, whatever's going on with Michael Bidwell doesn't matter at all about this organization. And what I mean by that is it, Monty Osborne and Jonathan Ganning are building a culture within the Arizona Cardinals organization, uniform, cloak, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. The Arizona Cardinals – are going to be the Arizona Cardinals in name only moving forward. It's going to be completely different. It just is. It, it happened. It, it, I mean, new people in charge. And with Jonathan Gannon specifically, I'm comparing them directly to the Dan Campbell led Detroit Lions. Like That's in 2023, great... yeah. it doesn't matter about wins and losses. In 2024, it will, but it's yeah. really so much more about the culture shift than anything else. 
Yeah. Give up short-term success for long-term longevity and relevancy. The Detroit Lions, in some circles, may be regarded as the most fun team to watch in football right now. Take away the Chiefs and the Bengals and teams that are star-studded. Like, the the Lions are must-watch TV. That happened overnight. Yep. That was two seasons in one of the most dysfunctional organizations, if not the, in the history of sport. Potentially. Well, yeah, and even with, I mean, the Lions, I was on the call with the uh, the schedule makers, and they even talked about it, how it was literally like somebody asked, why did the Lions go from no primetime games to like four? And they said, it's simple. They played their way in. I yeah. mean, and like you said, overnight, basically. It was just one of those things of that's what you have to do. And yeah, like, and they're just a wild card too. As much as I think they're up on the up and up, man, Dan Campbell has that team just feisty feisty and you never know what you're going to get on that sideline too so i think yeah they're must watch tv right now and it's and it's right must watch tv dan campbell and jonathan gannon they're like the president with the cabinet like it doesn't have to be bill belichick dan campbell was biting kneecaps man and now he's going to be regarded as a coach of the year candidate if the lions take another step with jared goff i'm a jared goff truther i just i need to mention that like okay. I think he got a raw deal because he's not as cool as Sean McVay, and they needed <laughs> and they needed a, a scapegoat. But Jared Goff is the perfect right for right now, the perfect leader of that team to be the adult in the room with a bunch of young, wildly talented players. Yeah. And we'll see if you know Jameer Gibbs. But that's the kind of the comp that I'm looking at. And like as we move into the off as we move later into the off season, it's we're going to get perspective more on where we are now with the Cardinals pertaining to how they started it. I do want to highlight that. Next, dormancy and free agency, star-studded draft with Monty Osenfort making himself a household name in the Valley. Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports, at Drake uh, for sports on Twitter. Alex Clancy, Clancy's Corner. I'm out of breath. Locked on Cardinals. Coming up next, free agency draft under Mike's Rousseau. First, Bill Bar. I met I, – I tell this story because I enjoy it. I met with a rep um, from Bill Bar – two years ago or so, 18 months ago or so. And we always call it the best tasting protein bar. Okay. Covered in hundred percent real chocolate. The macros are insane. What are they? Four grams of sugar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. And he told me they either call it the best tasting protein bar or the healthiest candy bar, because that's what it tastes like truly. And just a little insight, because I do this live read the same one every day. I'm going to tell you a little story about Brendan clean and myself from locked on locked on sons. We met with the rep. And he brought a box for us. And because we wanted to make it fair, we did a flavor draft with the 18 or 13 or 15 bars in there so we could pick our favorites. We love Bill Bar here at Locked On, not just because of them being a sponsor, but because the product is incredible. Okay, they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. I used to say, and things have changed, you got to go to built.com, built.com, order it at built.com. Now you can go to Walmart, you can go to Sam's Club and get a box. You can still get the special team flavors at built.com, Sam's Club, Walmart. Go. Thank you later. I mean, I've been feisty these last couple of days. I don't know what's going on. Like in the middle of, I think it's because it's that weird time. As I mentioned, Tyler Drake of Arizona sports that it's like the day after Christmas and I don't know which side is up. And it's kind of like, there's so many storylines during the off season. People who say there's nothing to talk about are lazy. People who say there's nothing to talk about in the world of football specifically don't think outside the box. And when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, this is the most excited I've been looking at the organization since I moved here, started radio with Kwame Lasseter in 2012. 
<laughs> like Kwame Lasseter got me into this business, you know, rest in peace. One of the yeah. best dudes in this bit. Like he gave me my first shot and I was like the Cardinals, this is boring. And then I look and it grows. And then, you know, now there's so much uncertainty in what I've said. And I'll let you take the, t- take the, the mic here with, with what your thoughts have been about through the offseason into the draft. But what the Cardinals organization has now is possibilities. And that's what they haven't. They've had the restrictor played on and they're in last place as, you know, pertaining to functionality in the NFL. And now there's this brush of fresh air, brush of breath of fresh air and just possibilities. Walk me through free agency, Kazir White being the star, and then that kind of being it into the draft. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that there's a plan there of we're sticking to two to three year deals or actually one to two year deals, maybe that three year deal every once in a while, but they're doing it to the point where they're flexible enough to where they can move off contracts. They can re up guys and they're doing it on the cheap side. And Mm -hmm. it's all about restocking at this point. It's not just about stock restocking draft picks. It's about regaining that cap space and, you know, Hopkins cap, that's a huge cap hit. They can move off of him. That's even more. But, I mean, you keep him around, too, that's a whole other story. And it's just DJ Humphreys. You trade him or you cut him, you're making even more back. But do you want to get rid of a guy like that? So I think right now it's just really about cost-effective moves that can move you forward. Maybe doesn't really show up on the wins, losses, but at least can build that culture more, can build that you know flexibility more on the financial side of things to where you can go take a big swing maybe next year or the year after instead of you know struggling to – find that guy off the scrap heap who is going to cost you an extra 5 million. Who's not going to do as much as the guy that you could have got after training camp. Who's right. an undrafted rookie free agent. So mm-hmm. it's just things like that. It's, it's really coming down to, you have to understand where this team's at and where they have to get to because Steve kind of didn't leave them in a very good spot. Let's be completely honest. All those bad, bad con there's a, there's quite a few bad contracts that they're mm-hmm. still paying for right now. And they've really got to reset the cupboard. They've really got to fill the bank up again to be able to get to the point where they can make a, a big star free agency, free agency signing. That's not a Kazir white because that is the best signing for free agency right there. Maybe if Dennis Daly shows up and does something, he might be in that conversation too. But from a name standpoint, from what you're probably going to get right out the gate, Kazir white is definitely the guy who should contribute right away. He's got the familiarity with Gannon. I like that move. I actually like the uh, Zach Pascal move too. I think he could mm. be, I think he could do something. I don't know if he's going to be that guy that's going to flash every game as a receiver, but I think he could be used in other ways. I think he could be a special teamer. And, you know, he is another bigger body receiver among all of these shorter guys outside of Hopkins who who knows if he's on the team by week one. So those moves, they, they're still cost effective, but they could do something. So you've got to look at it that way. And you've got to look at what they did in the draft. They filled holes through the draft that a lot of us, I think, thought they were going to fill through free agency. So – it's really about just seeing the blue, this. I feel like you can see kind of the blueprint of it all. It's try to get off these contracts that are going to hurt you in the long run. Get these guys that are on cheaper deals, make it enough flexibility where you can re up them. You can get rid of them. You can move on and not absolutely crush you in the long run. So it's all about, you know, the, it's, it's really about nickel and diming right now to be able to cash in that lotto ticket at the end. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Like, My, the pushback that I have on that, like understood, you know, DJ Humphreys, et cetera, like that, that's all rational. It all makes sense. One of the things that I've been discussing for three years now 
is the Arizona Cardinals are the personification of the city in which they play. They're a transplant team. There aren't very many Arizona Cardinals on the Arizona Cardinals. If you look at the roster right now, how many true Arizona Cardinals are there? Take away the honorable mentions of James Conner and Zacherts who have emerged, immersed themselves into the organization. True Arizona Cardinals, when you think of the Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker, DJ Humphreys, Kyler Murray. That's it. Like I would, put, I, would put, I would put not as the same star status as those guys, but Dennis Gardeck would be in there too. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'd put okay, him in fine. There too. Fair enough. Especially in, like on, on, the spe- on the team's realm, on the special team's realm, things like that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But – that's four. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's so sure. And like, maybe we're not giving Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins their flowers. If you're talking about guys that are cornerstones of this organization who were drafted by this team, there's four mm-hmm. and three more likely. So when it talks about, especially with DJ Humphreys, I know that's a big cap hit. They need a safety net for Paris Johnson. Like, yes. you know, so that's why you keep them there in 2023. Who gives a rip about the salad cap? Like, there's so many th- – and that's what I'm thinking, like, and we're going to talk about this when it comes to – I think we have to do a full segment on it because we know what happened in the draft. The trade back was great. The trade back up was surprising. And, you know, what did you think when you saw Arizona Cardinals pick is in? There was no trade graphic on the screen. Yeah. Like, did you notice that? Like, holy well, shnikes, sh- they're picking at three? I was actually in Kansas City, so I was oh. in the I was in the masses of all the people. I was like, I gotta get the I gotta get the real feel of what yeah. is going on at this draft. So it was really interesting, man. Like no one was on their phones, so really nobody knew what there was going on. And at that point, I'm just trying to get the scene, trying to get the videos, fix pictures, trying to find Cardinals fans, and it just yeah, I keep seeing the clock go down and down and down and down. And I'm like, wow, they they might actually they might actually do this. And I'm thinking like, wow, Will Anderson might actually be a Cardinal. Yeah. And then it was, uh, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you see, you just see the logos change and everyone's like, what are you kidding me? And it went to the Texans and I was like, wait, hold on. They just, was this a mistake? They just picked. And it, it was just, it was bananas, dude. It was nuts. And then for them to do that and then, yeah. And then move back up and get the guy that they should have got that low. Like I was, they killed it. Monty killed that man. Yeah. Yeah, and then moving back with B.J. Ojolari with Will Levis being a gift, being there at the top of the second round, getting a guy in B.J. Ojolari who I wanted them to take at 34, getting him seven picks later, picking up an extra third rounder that was swapped out with the Philly pit, with the Philly scandal, like yeah. the, the tampering, like everything just worked. Um, we could do this for two hours. I, I can't. Let's let's move on. We'll talk a little bit more about the draft on the other side because I want your thoughts on Clayton Toon. Like, should this dude be starting week one? Yes. Like, if the dude actually progresses the way, there's no reason to roll out David Blau or Colt McCoy at this point, in my opinion. I want your thoughts on that, and I want your thoughts on um, DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker more in-depth because you did touch on it. But I yeah. want, you know, I want the real answer on if they should trade them or move the, move off from them before the start of the 2023 season. Alex Clancy, Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports, KMVP, 98.7 FM in Phoenix joining me. We'll wrap this up next here on Lockdown Cardinals, your team every day. Ross Jackson's gonna be mad at me. I'm gonna go over 30 minutes, I think, today. I'm sorry, Ross. I love you, but I think I think it may be just a minute. Just a minute. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Tyler Drake at T Drake4 Sports on Twitter. Check him out all over Arizona Sports. Great follow for all your Arizona Cardinals insider news. Clayton Toon, give me a percentage right now. If there aren't any because ma- listen, 
I've read up on the kid. I've watched college highlights. I mean, Houston is just this hotbed for who the hell knows what's going to happen in the NFL kind of. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, Case Keenum, obviously the one that shattered. Case Keenum, that's – and just real quick. Case Keenum, if he was college Case Keenum in the NFL, like where did his throwing the ball 40 times down the field go? Like he turned into an A.J. McCarron in the NFL and went – like he had the Minneapolis Miracle. Like, But in Houston, in L.A., he was never – yeah. Case Keenum in college, so that's weird. Anyways, Clayton too. If <laughs> if he progresses naturally and shows growth, and it's 50-50 with him and who the who the hell cares else? Do you lean on the kid and get him the start in week one, given that this season could potentially be lost if, if K1's out for more than six or seven games? Uh, why not? Because, and here's why. Because if you really want to look at it, you've got Colt McCoy, David Blau, Jeff Driscoll. Those guys are not those mobile guys. It's not a mobile quarterback when you think of those three names. Clayton Toon gives you that ability to really run around and really give you a look of what it could be, slight look at what it could be when mm-hmm. Kyler Murray comes back. Right. And as the first-year offensive coordinator in Drew Petzing, if I was him, I'd want to try to see as much as I can with a mobile guy before I – and then I can maybe just drop Kyler right in. Obviously, it's going to be different. Kyler's going to – command way more eyes way more everything else but if you can get a guy that can roll out can do everything else can get you up at the middle for 10 yards that's gonna at least show petsing if it's working or if you need to tweak something and then you drop kyler in and you go from there but i think that at least gives you a look of what you can expect in the offense whereas colt mccoy david blau jeff driscoll you've really got to kind of alter it to where hey it's more stationary guys it's more building in that pocket where i think you could roll out clayton tune and he could really be a threat to not only throw the ball, but get you 15 yards down down the left side, down down the sideline. So yeah. I really think, you know, when he got drafted, I think a lot of people were like, what in the heck? They got, mm-hmm. a, they got a quarterback in the fifth round. They have these many more needs. But if you look at it, if you can get a guy that can emulate some of the things that they want Kyler to do, you have him as your backup moving forward. That's just going to help you down the line. Because we've all seen what happens when Kyler goes down. I mean, there's there's a drop-off. We all, we've all got to acknowledge that. For all the flaws that everybody wants to say about Kyler, there's a clear drop-off when he's not on the field. So getting a guy that can at least do some of the things that Kyler can do would go a long way if you've got to fill in for an injury down the line, God forbid, because you never want anybody to get hurt. But that's just the nature of the game. So I think getting tuned and and actually using him is not a bad idea at all because really it's not coming down to wins and losses. It's about individual progression and improvement as a team really more than anything else right now. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great way to look at. It. Like, so he's the practice squad quarterback who's actually playing in games, just just yeah. being proof of concept for Kyler when he comes back. Yeah, it's interesting because when you say mobile, like, and just correct, like, we you and I have never done any sort of real conversationalism together. I make up words sometimes. I don't care. So, Trace McSorley should be a lot better at football than he is with his mannerisms. Do you agree with that? Like, when he's behind, but until he throws the ball. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback, and I don't understand, like, with his movement, and and I know that this is off topic, but, like, preseason, he was kind of a darling. So was Greg Mm -hmm. Dorch. You know, those were the stories. And until he throws the ball, he looks the part. He'd be a great movie football double. Like, he looks – his, I mean, his mannerisms, his release, everything, just looks like Clayton Toon is a better version of that, maybe with, you know, better arm and just a little bit more polished. But, like, do, do you, did you feel that same way about Trace McSorley? 
when you were yeah, watching you know, Yeah, he held himself really well. I yeah. mean, even talking with us in the media, I mean, he really crushed it. And, and Toon's the same way. I mean, he came up and straight up said, you know, we asked him, like, hey, man, you straight up said you were the best quarterback in the draft. Why did you do that? And he goes, you know, you've got to have confidence. And I believe in myself. And, you know, I was a little surprised that I saw that much, you know, run with it. But it's just you've got to have that confidence. And, you know, Trace did have that. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, it just didn't come together when he, when he dropped back to pass as much as I think we all expected it to do because right. he really did. You know, he was a he's a solid pro, consummate professional. Yeah. So I, you really did think it would translate to the field. And it just unfortunately didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, I, we nerd out about sports. We could talk about little things. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, with, with, with Clayton to let's just all, everybody say it with me now, we don't know if Brock Purdy's good yet. So stop about the late round quarterbacks. Can we say it all together? Okay. You know that there are people out there saying Clayton Toon, take over Kyler Murray, trade Kyler Murray, get the number one overall pick draft Marvin Harris. Chill. Everybody relax. No, we don't know if Brock Purdy knows how to play football. So that rule may not even be real. So, and I agree with you with Clayton too. I mean, all joking aside, if he's ready to go, giddy up. What do yep. the Cardinals have to lose at this point? Yep. Like, especially this season. And it, that's a fun, what do they have to lose? It's an excitement of the unknown and not exactly. a fear of it. Now, and we only have a couple of minutes because I don't want Russ Jackson to yell at me. So, but he doesn't. Russ Jackson locked on Saints. I love you. He's our team. He's our and locked on NFL coordinator. He's the, he's an absolute superhero. Um Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to be serious conversations. They're going to have to be had. Different conversations completely. Buda Baker is 28 years old, or he will be soon. Uh, he's got two years left on his deal. He wants more cheese. Monty Austin Fort used him as a dictionary definition of the Arizona Cardinals, personified in a human being form. So if they don't extend him, it could be looked at as, well, you know what? They're not bending to the will of star players, which most times would be good. Not in this instance, in my opinion. They need to give him... Two years on top of what he's making now, maybe it's an extra $30 million guaranteed, which would be a steal when you look at the end of the 2024 season. I think that rational minds think that, but with the play on the field, taking a little bit of a step back, I blame it on them not having good defenses, so he has to do a lot more than what his job is. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it is a foregone conclusion that the Cardinals should give him an extension? We so speak honesty here, Tyler Drake. Give me your truth. No, so I mean, I'm really, I really am torn, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be on the fence, but I'm really torn because on one side you've got to think about it. You've got this new team. You got basically, yeah. Let's just say it's this new team, new culture, new everything. Do you want to bend to that? Do you want to have that as part of the culture that you're trying to build? Is is having this kind of public, you know, trade, whatever you want to call it, trade request, whatever you want to call it? But on the other side, it's Buda Baker. And like you mentioned, Monty Osfort and Jonathan Gannon have spoken so highly about this guy. It's just, do you want to put more money in, in the safety position? You've already got Jalen Thompson. You're paying him too. Mm-hmm. And can you move that money elsewhere? Because you, But here's the thing. You've got to have a plan if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They can't go in and say, sorry, Buddha, that's not happening. See you later. And not have a plan moving forward. That's what it's going to come down to, really. But I just, you know, it's Buddha Baker. And I, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're completely done, but I also don't know if they're coming together because what I've seen is when you get to that pub- public side of things, I mean, I guess Lamar's a little different. That could be the outlier. But usually when you get to that point, the sides are too far apart to really come back. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I get it. And I get this is a rebuild. And I get you don't pay players during a rebuild. This is future money. This is added. So like 
my thought process is as I transition to DeAndre Hopkins is Buda Baker is this team. He is the heartbeat of this team. He is the only good culture. He's the leader of the good culture part of this team. So when you're the new Cardinals, you still have some culture built in this foundation. He was the best draft move that Steve Kine made as a GM, in my opinion, trading up to get him at the top of the second round in 2017. Like this is the storybook ending. And this is what I don't, this is the, and I mean, you've, you went to ASU, you covered ASU. I went to U of A too. So, (laughs) so this is, that's even more. So thank you even for that. All Arizona sports fans have had to celebrate really over the last 20 years bar. You know, there was a national championship here. Diamondbacks win a ring. Good for said player for winning a ring when they're on another team. Good for Paul Goldschmidt. Good for Teron Matthew. Good for Calais Campbell. Good for good for good for good for. Yeah. That can stop with Buda Baker. Because if he wants to be here, you pay him. Okay. This so isn't like. That's I want to flip it back thing. to you though. What about Isaiah Simmons then? Do you think he would be in that conversation? I would rather have Buda Baker than Isaiah Simmons. If I no, no, no. I'm just saying, do you think Isaiah Simmons would be one of those guys that says, hey, go win a ring as like, he's going to go win a ring with somebody. Do you think Isaiah Simmons is going to go do that? If, cause I mean, let's, they didn't pick up his option. I, I wouldn't expect him to stick around after this year. No, I mean, we're going to find out really quickly what he is with a competent full defense. Like Van yeah. Joseph did what he could. Um, he, Isaiah Simmons shouldn't have been drafted by the Cardinals. That's not anybody's fault. That's on the, that's on the roster. That's coaching right now. Should have yeah. been Tristan Wirfs. It should have been Tristan Wirfs a hundred times out of a hundred. Now the fact that it wasn't, this is, we've saw, we've seen it for years. This is Hassan Reddick 2.0. We slowly saw it happen. And obviously it's now two years ago when they couldn't figure it out. And on the first play as a pro, he gets burned by Raheem Mostert for 75 yards yeah. in San Francisco against Kyle Shanahan. They knew right away. And we're like, you know what? If this is Hassan Reddick 2.0, everybody needs to be fired. Everybody been, everybody's already been fired. So it's kind of, he could be the collateral damage as long as you can save Zayvon Collins. Like you need to really have those uncomfortable conversations I'd much rather pay Buda Baker than pay Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I just think oh, it's yeah. a no-brainer. So, yeah, yeah. Isaiah Simmons, Same. maybe, but he hasn't been ingratiated. Like, Hassan Reddick yeah. hasn't been – he wasn't a star yeah. until he left. Like, that's a whole other conversation. Troy yeah. Matthew was a star. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul Goldschmidt was a star, and these teams just, just refused to pay him. Mm-hmm. So, like, that – or you pay him, and then you're like, hey, we gave you too much, Steve Kime. Can you give us – can you restructure? Hell no. And then he went to win a ring in Kansas City. I'm already going long. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> That's I, my fault. No, no, no. No, no. It's on me, dude. It, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think, and I know this is counterintuitive. I don't say things to for clickbait. I say them because I mean them. DeAndre Hopkins getting a restructure, giving him a $20 million signing bonus or something for this year to placate him in an effort to have him and Hollywood Brown on the field in 2024 together, I think is worth it. Even amid all of this, everything that's going on, very existential what they're doing with the roster and everything salary cap wise tell me why in 60 seconds or less that's a good idea or a terrible idea and that they should be moving on from deandre hawkins well i think honestly if they're trying to build this offense how they want it to look i think they should keep them around i really do i think for what we've seen this offseason it's clear that there's not a deal on the table that's worth what deandre hawkins is worth right and that's where i'm going with it on that is if you're not going to get a good enough deal with them have him play. Yeah. Try to work out a restructure, try to keep him around. But yeah, I mean, he changes the offense. We've seen it. We've seen it since he's got here. 
He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Yep. And if you can have him on your team, that's one less position you've got to worry about. Because if he's off of it, who's your number one now? Hollywood has not done enough to prove that he's a number one right. in my eyes. Right. He's he's getting there, but he's not there. So that's that's what you got to look at. If you really want to rebuild this team, get your cornerstones. And I mean, even if we want to get in this conversation with, with Baker, that's that's your cornerstone on the defense. I thought Zach Allen was going to be that guy. Clearly he's not. Buda Baker's got to be that guy now. Zayvon Collins has to be that guy now, who I think is going to be a captain in my eyes this year. But yeah, Hopkins, I think if you can make it work where everybody's happy, he sticks around for a couple more years, that's what you got to do because that's going to end up winning you games. That's the moves that you're playing chess instead of checkers. Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports at Tyler Drake for Sports or T Drake for Sports, sorry, on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. I'm Alex Clancy. Monty, I know you're watching. Resign Buddha, restructure DeAndre Hopkins, and take Arizona Cardinals 2.0 to the moon. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Or I'll talk to you Monday. Monday. You get Saturday.